Fernando. Hey. <laughs> it's all going fucking pear-shaped on our 12th episode. Did yours crash? Yeah, I, I don't know. It just stopped. Wow. That's the first time that's happened. Yeah, it's so weird. And well, I'm I can send you my recording and we can just splice that shit together or something like that. A did little bit of record? editing. Yeah, I was recording, yeah. No, but did it? But, but the recording doesn't happen until the end of the thing. If it crashes, it's... No, no, no. It records it live, but then it processes it at the end. So yours processed? Oh, no, I, I can process it any time. Nah, it's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got that 12th episode going. <laughs> We'll either include all of that stuff from the start or we won't. But anyway, yeah. we're about to give us can't, a review of this interesting beverage. Can't fucking live stream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, here I am. I'm drinking Soba uh, Pepperberry IPA. I hope you can see that there. There we go. Um, let me redo my first sip. It's got an interesting colour, doesn't it? Actually, looks like a beer, bit of haze in it. Good head retention, actually. So here's my take on it. I think it's it's quite bitter. Um, I um, if I was if I was having um, it's like bitter, like like wort is when you're on brew day and that sort of thing. And um, uh, I, you know, it's it's quite tasty. I don't mind it. Um, it's um, I don't know what a pepperberry is supposed to taste like, um, and so maybe uh, Luke, if you're listening, maybe you've got some straight up pepperberries which I can just try straight out because I, I don't know what they're like, but it's not bad. I'm uh, I think pepperberries those the berries they have in Tasmania that they put in gin. What is a pepperberry? What are they? What do they look like? Yeah, Tasmania, Tasmania, commonly known as Tasmanian pepperberry, mountain pepper, shrub native to. Yeah, I think I've seen a couple of used in gins and things. Mm. Um, my my only feedback for this beer, it's a great, it's a great beer, not you know, not out NA beer and that sort of thing. Um, absolutely bloody wonderful, very very bitter, and I don't know if it's the pepperberry because I don't know what a pepperberry tastes like, yeah. or if it's got hops in it that makes it um, uh, that bitter, but it's. For me, it's a little bit um, astringent and it yeah. puts it a little bit out of balance. But um, um, but nothing apart from that, nothing wrong with it. I, I don't mind it. I don't, it's, I don't really buy or drink non-alcoholic beer. So, mm. um, so I'm really the least qualified person to be able to pass comment about this. However, I do believe that it's a great um, um, social enterprise opening up a brewery down on the Gold Coast, not far from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Luke, who is one of my, I think I'm allowed to say former students. I think he's just about to graduate. He's one um, of the housemates, isn't he? Well, he rocked up in my fucking house this week, which was weird. <laughs> People don't come around to my house. It's just, it's, my my place is, is, it's my space, but, you know, I, I, it's just... <laughs> Just weird like that. Um, that's, that's the kind of fame you're working with now, Hendo. So really yeah, I know. It. <laughs> <laughs> it was good to see Luke. He's just he's such a champ. Um, but um, uh, but um, oh, it actually says on the tin, bold, hoppy, spicy. So it's supposed, you know, it's obviously what is what the what um, 
what the brewer intended, uh, mm. Dr. Clinton, I think it is, um, intended. So, well, that's what it's supposed to be. And it is that it does what it says on the tin. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think it's good. Good social enterprise. Really looking forward to the brewery opening. Um, it's bloody hard to make non-alcoholic beer. Mm. And as as uh, you would know as a brewer that it's that you've got to respect that uh, uh, someone to under, undertaking that challenge. It's not just getting something, you know, you've got so many challenges. You've got to get, you, you've got to get, you've got to make it taste good. And um, uh, then you've got to get the shelf stability right, you mm. know, so that it doesn't like re-ferment or make people sick or something yeah, like that. High risk. It's bloody hard. So um, much respect uh, to um, uh, Dr. Clinton and the sober team because it's hard to do. You know, mm. hard to do. Yeah. Well, what shout out got? to Luke. Um, I, I, I was going to say, I, Luke didn't come to my house. I assume he came to my place of business because there mm. were some sober cans there for me as well. Um, I tried that one. I didn't try the other ones. I feel like this might be the most kind of out there one of the lot. Um, mm. The other one seemed a little, might be a little bit more entry level, which maybe I should have gone for first. Um, yeah, right. Well, it's my first one, so... Yeah, but like you, I, I, the, I've only ever had one alcohol-free beer in my life, and it's a Brewdog one. I haven't tried any of the ones on the market. I'm still a little bit like I understand. Like Ben, the other night, you know, he had a non-alcoholic beer. He's having the night of alcohol. It looked like beer. I kind of get all of that. To mm. me, that beer doesn't didn't really taste like so much like beer to me. So I, I was kind of thinking, like, is is the like, like who drinks who drinks these beers? That that's more the thing for us. Like, I've, I've always sort of mm. thought, like, do we need to do one? We get asked about them all the time. But mm. is it like mm. a beer lover that drinks them, or is it is it more just someone who's like, you know, I want to support this thing. I want to have something that kind of looks like a beer. I would probably have something like this if I got roped into a party and I was the designated driver or something like that. Yeah. Um, because I'm very much a, you know, if I, if, if I plan to drink, I don't drive. I don't, I don't do the 0.05 thing at all. It's yeah, like, I mean, I'm having a beer, I'm, city, I'm getting an Uber, Uber or something. Whatever. Yeah. Enough. Um, but you know, if I got roped into being the designated driver, I'd grab a four pack of this. I, that wouldn't, that wouldn't bother me at all. You know, mm. um, you know, it's, it's, um. It's not a bad drop, but I just need to know what a fucking pepperberry is. Yeah. All right. Well, I like your review. I felt the same. There's a lot of flavor going on. Um, yeah. And as the what are one of the first alcohol-free beers I've had, I'm I was kind of intrigued. Um, yeah. The uh, here we go. The Australian pepperberry uh, tree naturally occurs in the cold, high country of southern New South Wales, Victoria, and Tasmania. There you go. Yeah, I, 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 the only reason I knew that was because we were going to do, well, we are going to do gin at some point, and right. we, we were going to use the word blackberry gin because I like the word black, obviously, for obvious reasons. Mm. And mm. I started looking around at native ingredients and the black. It's a like little black looking berry that kind of looks like a juniper berry, I think. Yeah. Um, Tell you what, man. You know, if you put something like pepperberry, which comes from the high country of southern New South Wales, Victoria, and Tasmania, that's not a really big area that you would grow commercial quantities of something that would go into it's not cheap either a beverage think. like this yeah it must be hard to get mm. 
that would make it may not be that much very... of it in there. I'm guessing you probably don't need a lot of pepperberry to get that. Well, I don't know, but even if you like, you think about how much they would be making, mm. like that would be hard to get commercial quantities of it, even if you want to do something like 10 or 20 hectoliters or something mm. like that. That'd be hard, man. With respect, if you can keep your supply chain going with that, that's good. Yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. That low alcohol thing is super interesting. Me? Let's see where it goes. I, I'm, 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 my mind is open. What do you got there? It's a black ops goat. I have to have this because it's the hottest 100 day, and we're doing vote goat and so vote goat. Yep. So, mm. Yeah, and nice. you have to spell vote goat properly. It's V O A T G O A T. You can do that. Goat. It, it always bugs me. That's how I spell it. Don't put the dots in as well because you know that's V O A T G O A T. G dot O dot A dot T dot, but that's fine. Yeah. My my glass technique basically is dishwasher as well, so I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know what you've done with yours. I it can't clean this bad. fucking glass. Oh, shit, I'm not good at pouring beers. That's so disappointed, man. It's like a live stream for nothing. What we, see, this is how was um how how does goat you know in relation to East Coast haze. Yeah, well, every year we do this hottest one hundred. We're always kind of debating which beer to choose because we've because our sort of flagship beer has changed every year for the last three years. Right. Um, last year it was pale ale, and Goat was getting to the point where it had as much distribution through the majors. Now it has more, so mm-hmm. it was just taking over pale ale in terms of distribution. So we decided to focus on that for the hottest one hundred, which right. was a big gamble because Goat had never even been in the list at all before. Mm-hmm. Um. And this year, it's the same thing. It's East Coast Haze sells more where it sells, like locally at our tap rooms, but Goat has more distribution. So we're focusing on Goat because it was already in the list and because people love it and it's currently got more distribution. But when where we sell East Coast and Goat side by side, East Coast outsells it every time. What, what's, what was your highest ranking beer in last year's Hottest 100? Goat, number five. Yeah, fuck. Right, yeah. Hmm. It's and, uh, and pretty tough to go up from there, mate. Yeah, we, we we also had seven beers in the list. So and and all of them except for one was in the top fifty. Mm. So we have a lot of beers, and it's kind of hard. Like we kind of tell people vote for this one beer, but you know people vote for the beer they like the most, which is fine. You know that it's happened that the hottest one hundred is open today because my Facebook feed is full of ads saying vote for this beer and vote for that beer and that sort of thing. And I actually thought there wasn't a whole lot of it. Like normally we don't like, this is the first year we've done a video for it. I, I thought normally mm. everyone kind of does a video and makes a big thing about it. I didn't really see much activity today at all. I've got Facebook ads in my feed. Yeah. For, for saying vote for this beer and that sort of thing. Who, who from? What breweries? Um, let's have a quick scroll, well, I shall quick we? Around. I just didn't... Think there was like a huge amount of activity this year. I was kind of thinking maybe um, people don't care as much. Had, as had one from your mates, sponsored posts. Yeah, your mates were texting people too straight up. Vote for Larry. Yeah, yeah, your mates sponsored posts. Yeah. I don't mind. You got to, if you want to get the vote, get the vote. Oh fuck yeah. Um, that's the only one I got. But there's lots of people. Lots of people just posting. Um, you know, uh, about yeah, I've got your mates here on Facebook sponsored posts. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. Get after it. Um, but no, I just thought this year wasn't like last year. I know your mates did like a pretty cool video that they look like I put a fair bit of effort into. Mm. Um, I look, I was looking at, because I was looking around today thinking, you know, what's everyone else doing? I looked at Bolter's Instagram, but they don't seem to post much at all anymore. Their last post was, oh, no, there we go. Oh, here we go. They posted tonight. Yep. 
To vote? Yep. Just a, just a photo, though. Yeah. See what happens, eh? Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I, I wonder how, I wonder how would the, uh, the CUB slash Asahi... Well, now that it's Lion as well. Yeah. That's how is that, how's that going to affect their votes? Because remember when uh, Bolter got... Uh, got bought by CUB, they went down in the subsequent... Oh, not much. They only went from first to second, I think. Yeah, that, that's down. That's down, but when Feral, you know, when Feral got bought, they went... When Feral got bought, they went down. Out of yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, I think a brand as big as Stone and Wood is just beyond the kind of, you know, they'll be fine, I feel like. It's not about the big geeks, you know, the Hottest 100, yeah. you know. We're kind of having the post-Hottest 100 chat, pre-Hottest 100, which I think is good. Well, no, it's, should it's always, interesting to you see should always put the cart it. before the horse. I was interested um, to see how people approach it because you, you kind any, of wonder with these things if it's if it's as relevant as it once was. Well, exactly. Uh, besides your own beers, any predictions for you for Hottest 100 for you this year? Um, well, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I was quite surprised that Ben Spoke won last year. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I can't see Stone and Wood doing better in relation to Ben Spoke than last year after they sold, that would be tough. Mm. Um, be hard for Bolter to get back the number one spot after they sold. So I guess Ben Spoke again. Uh, yep. I'm going to predict Larry in the top three. Probably. Yeah. Uh, I, see, yeah. I think Larry top three. Yeah. It's not much further you can go, but I think we'll see Larry in the top three. And I think, I think we'll see uh, Bolter and Stone and Wood drop one or two yeah. places. Interesting. Yeah. So you still have Bent Spoke, Stone and Wood, or uh, Bent Spoke, Bolter and Larry, maybe, or Stone and yep. Wood. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Stone and Wood always have the, have the big, strong advantage of having one real flagship beer too, like, like your mates. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas Bolter kind of have a lot of, a lot of good beers and um, they had XBA, which is a flagship beer, but they've also got lots of other ones that the people really get mm. behind. So it's kind of... Yeah be hard for them to make the top three again but it'd be interesting i always enjoy the day you know when when the hottest 100 is on um usually at a the pub or something and um enjoying a few beers and hanging out with mates and talking shit about you know what what beers are coming where and yeah tipping the cap and i like it i like the hottest 100 now because it's no stress for me anymore. yeah right how did your beers go on the hottest 100 uh the best i ever got was 12th that's not uh, Yeah, that was milk and two sugars. Wow, really? That was yeah. that, that's when the Gabs was was a real big sort of part of it. A big part of it, yeah. That was yeah. 2015 or the start of 2016 and that sort of thing. Um thanks, Captain Obvious did pretty well. I think it got like I think it was I think it was top 20. I can't remember. Um and um uh, yeah, all the beers did usually did did fairly well and that sort of thing, you know. But I didn't go out and spruit votes or anything like that. It was bef before the time where you really sort of had to, and mm. um, and um, but you know, it's it's just the way that the 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 beer game has changed. And oh, I enjoy the hottest one, and I think it's great that we have um, uh, a consumer vote competition. Yeah. You know, just competition, yeah. would call it whatever you want to call it. Popularity um, I contest. Thought, yeah, it is a popularity <laughs> contest. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. No. I think it's funny. 
I, I piss myself laughing whenever, as soon as it's all announced and the whole the conversation that happens after the, <laughs> after the, after it's announced, it's the same every fucking year. It's the same shit. And I'm just sit there and I'm just like, I just, you know, stroke my beard and go, mm, <laughs> grab some popcorn. It's mm, a little bit of deja vu, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, I'm, um, I'm, I'm all for it because I think, A, any kind of free content and free marketing for breweries, you know, it's not 100% free. Like, you know, you, if you get, if you have enough money, you do a video and you do some sponsored ads or whatnot. But if, if you do well in the list, historically, it's helped your business a lot. And I think that's cool. Absolutely. Uh, that, um, that, that, that is absolutely true. Uh, yeah. Certainly helped, um, uh, helped Brew Cult uh, back in the day. Um, that where it helps though is with the retailers. Oh yeah. If they see you ranking highly, then they go, "We want that beer." Obviously, lots of people are talking about that beer. We want to rank, uh, stock that beer. And yeah, that's a really good thing. Yeah. Uh, you know the really interesting thing about non-alcoholic beer is it doesn't even touch the sides. So I Whoa, the, there it goes. You can't. T- you can't like. T- anyway, I got this other beer. Okay. <laughs> and. Um, uh this one was given to me this afternoon uh i think uh you had something to do with this one this is the black hops Ooh, rebel new zealand really? ipa nz oh sorry nz pilsner oh i said nz ipa new zealand pilsner i have not tried this and i was Did not you? there on brew day because i had to look after the brew day I mean, you didn't, dr- too. didn't you dry hop this not this particular one because i've I got to look after the core range back at bh2 but right i sent i sent some lesser experience Brewers up to look after it. Rightio. So I've got to tell you that New Zealand Pilsner is one of my favourite styles of beer. One of my favourite styles. You did mention that on last the last podcast. So I'm I intrigued. love it. Looks cool. Their birthday beers are looking good. Yeah, great. Lots of bubbles. Revel did a good good uh, video for their hottest 100 today. But they made a bit of effort with it. Did they? Yeah, I shot yeah. I shot a video with uh, with uh, Maddie and Flex this afternoon. Because I did one of their fourth. Well, well I did one of their fourth, but in the same, we're in the same series, mate. Yeah, well, so what's I the video the, for? Oh, you know how they do the blog thing? Oh, yeah. Like the podcast. Yeah. No? Um, so, you know, did the cold IPA, which I had on the show the other week. Anyway, cheers, mate. Well dry hopped. All right. Well, give us a little one sip review. definitely kiwi hops very fruity like a fruit tingle interesting it's like um um it's like uh it, it's definitely like a fruit tingle it's what amazing. Hops are, is it saying the tin what hops are in there oh, i should I know, know but i've got a lot going on let me check uh to install by a trip together across the ditch in 2020 rebel brewing of black hops brewing bringing the new zealand pills now with a clean pills and malt base Healthy edition kiwi hop so presents flavors of mojito, lime, spicy orange, and citrus. Mm. Some would say a beer best enjoyed by the what? <laughs> what the fuck is that word? Tankardi chur. Oh, by the tankard! Exclamation mark. Tankard chur. Okay, chur. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need my fucking 
glasses prescription. I'm guessing that's a that's some <laughs> kind of reference to their trip and best best, vessels. best best enjoyed by the tankard. Right. <laughs> Such a fuckhead. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> I was not on that trip. It was I gave up my spot to Gaz, so it was Gaz, Eddie, and Gaz. And they got back oh, six hours dude. before the COVID cutoff. That's right. It was like when COVID first started. They yeah. they just made it back. Um, you do know the theme song from that um, trip, do you? Uh, something about the rain. That yeah, rain dragon. Yeah. Dragon. Yes. Don't you go out in yes. the rain. And there was some some conversation about drinking out of like gravy boats. So I don't know if the tankard is somehow related to that. I don't know. I wasn't Isn't that there. funny? I, I wasn't even there. And that song, because of Govzy and Maddie. Um, and and Smokey, I think, was there as well. Smokey was there. Um, the that song there. was stuck in my head for a fucking month. Wow. Wasn't even there. Do you like Crazy. the beer or, or not? Yeah, I love it. About it. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm looking forward to trying those beers. When is that? When is their their um, birthday celebrations? Saturday. This Saturday. Yeah. You coming? Oh, shit. No, I got my kids this week. I can't do Saturday. Ooh. So Saturday uh, from midday at the Belimba uh, Brew Pub. Oh, nice. It's the fourth birthday celebration. Uh, so if you are a Revel fan and you want to try the four Revel uh, fourth birthday beers, so there's the Phoenix IPA, there's the cold IPA that I brewed with Maddie, there's New Zealand Pills that you brewed with Maddie uh, or Gov's Brew with Maddie, and then there's the... One that Smokey did, which is a peach and tea sour. Mm. Four cracking beers. So get down there and give it a go. Um, mm. Super stoked to see Revel uh, get to their fourth birthday. Um, they've done some amazing stuff in the four years, you know, from opening the little Bulimba Brew Pub to River, River Makers now. You're winning. They won at the Indies, you know. Yeah. But the... Neo Mexicanus, they're just kicking goals. They're making great beers. A great bunch of people. Just go and support them. Agreed. You know? And if you missed our episode with them, it was awesome. So check it out. Maddie and Flex. Yeah. What yeah. episode was that? I don't know, mate. It was it was maybe ten. I reckon yeah. ten probably. <sighs> so um, what are we doing for our twelfth fucking episode, mate? Well, we've got. We haven't really made much progress so far, but we did have some news items and then we, we normally need to get a renovation update from you. And then we do have yeah. 12 questions from 12 listeners. To yes. To. So okay. unless you want to want a reno update? Yeah, let's get into that. Okay. So the painting is done. Brilliant. I'm covered in paint. If you have a look at my glasses, like there's literally paint all in on my glasses. It's there you go. Look at that. Nice. I can paint in my glasses. I've had enough of painting, so it's done. Um, and the kitchen is also done, which I'm super stoked about. It's looking amazing. The um, My stitches came out this week. So, <laughs> so there's that. Um, and then my brother, my brother came down last weekend and he's such a star. Uh, he's, he's very serious, but he's a, he's a, he's a legend. Um, and uh, he came down, and so I'm having the toilet and the bathroom redone. And so, in order for to have the toilet, I had to build a false wall out of the where the normal window is, yeah, to fit the toilet. 
And um, so he built all of the false wall and all that sort of stuff. He's not even a carpenter. He makes vinegar for a living and he flies planes. He bought a wow. plane. Um, and so um, uh, so he come and did that on a Monday. He could have been running his business. He come and nailed, put put na- hammer nails, you know, for me. Like, that's just mad. Um, Shout out to Ben Hendo. Yeah, Ian's a good bloke. I, I, I like him. He's way more serious version of me and shorter and a little bit uglier and um but he's a good bloke and um and so um yeah coming up now is um hybrid flooring yes so uh hybrid flooring is coming up um so the uh the 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 thing that i'm into now is uh kimberly uh light black butt Hybrid yeah, I thought it was black butt because someone said in yeah. the group a uh, uh, type of wood. Just light black, light black butt. Light black, black butt, light. I think it is because there is light. actually a dark and a light black butt. And is the Kimberly a reference to the region it comes from, or no? What's the Kimberly no. about? No, that's just the. Brand. Okay, okay, so no, okay. You ever listen to the radio? No, oh, I do at the moment because my stupid car doesn't fucking work and I can't listen okay. to Bluetooth. So you know how you get that fuckwit from National Tiles. He, li- he lives the house in front of my house. Does he? Yes. Can you throw fuck up? Like, this is the thing, right? Just throw well, stones does, or eggs yes. or something at his house. No, his house is very nice. What's his name? Frank Walker, right? Frank Walker from fucking National Tiles. I'm yep. pretty sure he bungs that voice on for the radio ads, right? Anyway. working. So, I, and I'm and, and for all this time doing the renos, that's the thing. I'm like, fuck buying anything from that guy. That's so annoying. I don't even listen to the radio a lot. But every time I do listen to the radio... For a very short amount of time, Frank fucking Walker from National Tiles is on the fucking radio, right? Did you give us a rendition just in case people haven't heard? Listen. <laughs> goes, he goes, hello, Frank Walker here from National Tiles, like that. And so, that was pretty good. <laughs> and so, um, uh, and, 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 and I swore I'd never buy anything from him. But then I wanted hybrid flooring and life changed. And so I went to a national tile store and um, to be honest, it was the cheapest hybrid flooring. It's actually really good quality. Uh, I'm actually saying that before I actually go lay it. So I don't know if it scratches and stuff like that, but um, it seems pretty good. And yeah. And so that's what happened. And so. um, What's what's the Kimberly though? That's the, that's the range. That's how they say the cheap range. Oh, okay. So I bought the Kimberly equals cheap. So I bought the cheap okay. black butt light. light. Okay. That's it. So that's going to go in this weekend. And my brother's going to come down this weekend, Sunday, I suppose, to Saturday. I don't want him to come down Saturday because I'm going to be at the Rebel thing. But, um, yeah, that's what's happening. Well, he's got a very fucking nice house. So um, he must be doing well, something I, right. Well, I helped fucking pay for it, didn't I? Yeah. I don't think you're the only one. Mm. All right. Well, that's good. And if, if, if you happen to recover... The recording from our first podcast mm-hmm. tonight that we lost, people can hear about my renovation update. If not, they miss out. They can hear about it another time. <clears throat> we can inter we can intermingle it with a with the, we can splice it like with a Frank Walker ad. Oh, drinking me. I have copyright issues. No. Maybe. no, 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 no. I'll just do. I'll just record it. Let's go. Hello. Okay. Hendo here from National Tiles. <laughs> I could. <laughs> I could use, I mean, the amount of effort I'm going to go to on this podcast is pretty minimal, but I could probably use that. How far are we into this thing? It doesn't tell me. I could use that and put it at the start of the episode. 
You know, like they do. Oh sometimes. dear. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do it. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> what have we got? What's the what's been happening this week? Right. Well, we've got uh well, we had your live chat in the group, but I think we've kind of mentioned that you did a live chat. It's a little bit strange. It was just you looking for the comments for the first five minutes and cleaning. Yeah, glasses. I couldn't find the comments. <laughs> so I don't know. Do we need to talk it was about very, that? <laughs> it was very dad, wasn't it? <laughs> Great. I thought it was great. I didn't see I'll it live. It I saw it afterwards and saw it went for 12 fucking, minutes. I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> yeah. We're testing out all the different forms of content on this. Yeah, podcast. whatever. <laughs> uh, the other one is this indies, uh, indies situation. Oh, that was interesting. Yeah. So do you know the full story about what happened? I don't. Okay. So basically, um, my understanding is that it goes back to... 2019 and um and so you know here you have the state champions you have the trophies for the best pale ale best lager best stout best ipa all that sort of stuff um and they're based on what the judges say but then you have the state-based that like the champion queensland brewer the champion new south wales brewer champion victorian brewer all that sort of stuff and the way that that's calculated is by a point system based on the colour of the medals that you win. You get X number of points for a gold, you know, Y for a silver, Z for a bronze. Then you get a bonus point if, you, if that beer wins a trophy and they tally up the points and then lo and behold, you get a state-based winner. So what? So, so my understanding is that what happened was um, in 2019, they actually changed the scoring format for the state-based champions, uh, the, the, how they calculated the... the um, uh, how they calculate the state-based winners, and they published it in the in the, in the Indies uh, guidebook or entry booklet to say this is how we work out the thing. But they actually, when they actually went to tally the numbers, they kept the old system before right. they changed it, and they did it for three years, yeah. and no one and noticed. No one noticed <laughs> until this year. Do you know yeah. what the change was? Oh, I could go look at the old hand, Indies handbooks and that sort of thing, but honest mistake, you know. It's like uh, most, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a winner that's calculated, you know, that's calculated by points. Mm-hmm. And when that sort of thing happens, there should always be a count back. Always should be a count back in any competition. That's that's pretty common. Uh, and for some reason, they didn't do it, and turns out that the winners weren't actually the winners. Um, you know, I feel sorry for the, you know, the brewers that, that, that didn't, um, that were announced as being a state-based oh, yeah. trophy winner on the night and then yeah. going, oh, sorry. But I mean, in, in, in a way, you've got to also feel sorry for the people who won the trophy, who didn't really get any credit on the night. And, you know, like you kind of celebrate all the breweries that won on the night. Everyone's excited. Everyone was so stoked. Like you saw the guys from Filter and yeah. All of that, the stomping ground, and everyone was so stoked. Um, and the other brewers who didn't win the trophy, you know, were probably kind of a bit bummed. You know, you're always bummed when you don't do as well as you hope. And then they announced later on that actually you did win, but you missed the opportunity to have that celebration and that recognition in front of everyone. Sort of, it's only now the people who are the real fans that, you know, happen to read the Indies website or whatever. Well, exactly. Find and out then, about and it. if you are that brewer, who suddenly has been awarded that state-based trophy after the fact, how do you celebrate that? 
And how do you do the opposite if you won before? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. It's like posted from the brewery. How do you go? Oh, all. sorry for that other brewery, but we're the actual winners. You know, it's yeah, but, it's, but the reverse as well. Like, like what are indeed, other, the, other, the other breweries who were celebrating before? You know, they're not going to post something and say, "Oh, fuck, whoops, we we actually didn't win." It's a pretty shit situation. I, I, it's I, a bit shit. Yeah, I, I feel actually pretty bad for the IBA too because they. You just got to imagine they would be just. It would be shit to be them. That would be. Gutting. They work so hard and have have basically, you know, the IBAs run on the smell of an oily rag since mm. COVID, having no brew con, which is a major revenue thing for the last two years. And uh, look, you can't you can't really fault them. You know, for it, it's a. Mm. Yeah, I think I think it's like uh, uh, honest mistake. Um, whoever brought it to their attention, good on them for actually raising that. Well, see, that's um, what I want to. I want to get into that because let's get into conspiracy theories. Because do you think the? I mean, you would think whoever brought it to them is is one of the winners of the, <laughs> the new trophies, right? Absolutely. There's absolutely. That's that's no question. Yeah. And and they should have done that, you know. And and. Um, so who, who uh, do you think it was? Do we know who it was? Oh, I don't really want to speculate on that. Come on, let, come not on. really conspiracy. Well, it's not really worth it, you know. No, it's like it'd be fun. <laughs> it's no, it's not really fun. It's like you know, we just talked about the fact that if you're the if you're suddenly the winner, and you, and you go get loud about it, the first thing that's going to happen is people are going to go, "Ah, it was you." You would you, would you let me ask you this question? If it happened to you on the night and your brewery didn't win, but you thought maybe they should, would you raise it? Or we just let I've, it go. I've, I've been in a similar situation to that before with um, um, with the um, uh, with the champion gypsy brewer thing at, at the ALBAs. It's also yeah. done on points, right? Um, and and I had uh, I think the year that I won the, the champion gypsy brewer award, I had uh, I can't remember his name from Swell Brewing in South Australia. Uh, tapped me on the shoulder. He goes, oh, "I think I got the points for that man." He was it was actually at the dinner. Right. And I went, oh, man, let's just sort it out tomorrow. I put my trophy in my pocket and walk off, you know. And um, uh, I guess the moral of the story here is if you're going to run that sort of competition, you want to make damn sure that you've done your tallies and your calculations and your count back mm. properly, you know, that you but I guess count you, like, twice. Like they just wouldn't even think of it, would they? Like, you know, they have the process, they follow, they follow it. And it was probably in a um, computer. Yeah. It was probably tallied up by a computer mm. um, on the old algorithm versus the new algorithm, and they just let it run for three years. And yeah, I, I just, you know, that's that's just human human error, I think. Yeah, bit of a shit situation, but anyway. Yeah. Anyway, you didn't become Queensland state champion, so it wasn't you who complained? Was well, it? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't us. <laughs> that it, it, has, it has happened a few times though when you go to those awards because I never fully understand how all those calculations work. But I know sometimes you go to them and you're like, shit, oh, we did pretty well. Like, are we in a in with a chance of winning? Um, and then you don't win. And then other times you think the same things and then you do win and you kind of don't really know why. Um, yeah. It's not a secret. You just got to read the... Right. I know. Like, but I, I, busy. like I, how yeah. many people actually read the way it's calculated to calculate... I, I, I encourage my clients to read, the, read a competition handbook yeah. from end to end. You have to. If you're going to play the game... Yeah. You got to you got to know the rules. It's fair. It's just, it's really is as simple as that. You you really do have to to do that, and so that's why that's probably where it wound up that way. So yeah, there you go. All right. Well, a lot of the state champions changed though, which was interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
that was almost tough. and and one from last year as well which is like that's oh, right it's a long time ago yes okay all right we have 12 as you and all of our fans know we have 12 fans and one question um, each one question each and i today this afternoon i actually had a fair bit of time and i sent an email to our email list which you can watch yeah do you know this does it work yes did i get the email i don't know are you on the list Get, check your email. Yeah, you made me fucking sign up on the first episode. Good. Check your email. It probably went to spam. I, I checked mine. It went to spam straight away. Oh, there it is. Got a question for episode 12? Question mark. Read it out. Uh, says, g'day. Dan and Hendo here. Actually, it's just Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know how to send an email from two people. Plus, I'd never give that this year. <laughs> This account. <laughs> this is comedy gold. I'm glad I subscribed. <laughs> I'm happy it didn't go into your spam. Oh, oh that's great. It went into my promotions. <laughs> that's fair. Oh, and you're asking for questions. I assume Hendo would uh, ask it, answer 12 fan questions. I assume Hendo would too. Not 100 sure, but I haven't asked him. Anyway, he didn't. Anyway, have, have you got a question? Just hit reply and come and it'll come back to me. If you are like Sonia and have no idea what I'm talking about, you can hit unsubscribe below and we can never speak again. Fuck you, Sonia. Yeah, remember Sonia? She subscribed yeah, I and then she emailed. She was the only person who's ever emailed me until today yeah. when I got a whole bunch of emails from people replying to that. Oh, I've got another one here. Jesus. Oh, no, that's a spam. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> I just got excited. All right. What, <laughs> have, what have we got? All right. So... Uh, and I also put this in the Facebook group and ended up getting more than 12, oh. which is amazing. I don't know how those maths work, yeah. but let's um, get into them. So the first... Space 12. Yes. The, fir the first one was actually from before today. And it is... I think it was relating to another bit of content we did. Probably wasn't very good. Um, Lou G, favourite cheap shit beer? No, I have one with me. Okay. It's Hollandia. Oh, that, I think that's why it came up because you had it on. Yeah. you had it on your. Because I was drinking it on Friday you? night on the live stream. Yes, that's it. And uh, I love it. I love that beer. Okay, it's a really good Hellas. It's super tasty. I have a mate of mine um, who's not on Facebook, not on the internet, um, who I've known for nearly thirty years now. We're, um, we, we're mates when I was living on res at university and that sort of thing, and we catch up sort of once a quarter and that sort of thing. And that's the beer that we drink. And um, so I can honestly say it's it's a beer that's I've had a lot of good times to. Uh, and it's a, just a good beer and it's cheap. It's $54 for 24 500 mil tins. 500 mil? Fif 24 500ml tins for 54 bucks. How do they? I don't understand. I don't know how they do it because the excise has got to be at least half that, you know? Jesus Christ. Yeah. 4.7% alcohol. Amazing. So um, amazing and brewed in Holland. There you fucking go. I remember I like when it. I first saw that at the bottle shop. I'm pretty sure it was like right when it was getting to the point where cartons were more than a dollar per beer per carton and everyone yep. was losing their mind. Yes. And there was just a couple of cartons that were still under sort of 24 bucks and that was one of them. Yes. Don't buy it in the bottle. That was bottles, yeah. Yeah, definitely don't buy it in the bottle. It's shit in the bottle. Buy it in the tin. A, it's better value. It's cheaper per litre beer. 
trust me, I figured it out. Yep. Uh, and it tastes it tastes better because in the in the bottle it's in green glass and it does go light struck, uh, whereas in the yes. tin it does not. And so the can is way better, and um, it's a good beer. It's very multi beer. Uh, well balanced, very easy drinking, and if you don't want to think about beer while you're drinking a beer, that's the beer. Can't argue with that. I can't. Get what's your What's your shit beer? I don't have one. I never ever buy shit beer under any circumstances. Really? No. I don't enjoy. I don't really enjoy lagers. So, like, what 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 would I get that's a kind of a cheap shit beer that's not a lager? One fifty lashes. Ah, oh, but it's not nice. I don't like it. Yeah, right. And pa- like, I'll get packed. What about like, what about mainstream get- beer? Like, um, if you're at a pub and there's no craft beer on, and they've got like Tui's or VV or something like that, no Stone or Wood, no Pacific Garden, the, what? Ah? I get wine. Red, red or white? Either. Mm. Yeah, probably red. But I, yeah, I wouldn't buy. I wouldn't really get a shit beer. I'd probably like because in the right setting, like in, in Tasmania, when we went there for like one day, we went down and had some oysters on the harbour, mm. and Eddie, all Eddie wanted to do was smash Cascade Lager, and I couldn't disagree with that, and that was fantastic. Mm. But that's not a shit mm. beer, is it? It's like not mm. especially cheap. Um, maybe if I went out in a tinny, I'd probably smash a Forex Gold just for nostalgic reasons. Oh man, Forex Gold in the right circumstance is really good as well. Yeah. After a hard day of Renos, there you go. Forex Gold uh, goes down really, really well. But don't get me wrong; I don't drink these beers all the time. But I think that there's a time and a place for every single type of beer out there, you know. And, um, you know, I'd prefer to drink craft beer. I'd prefer to drink an independent beer. That's my preference. But sometimes that just doesn't work out. And, uh, yeah. So um, Forex you... Heavy, except for Forex Heavy. I don't like Forex Heavy. No, it tastes like no. uh, postage stamp. Yeah. Um, um, VB I like. Um, uh, Melbourne Bitter I like under the right circumstances. So um, when, whenever I go to Melbourne, I usually find myself at Bell's Hot Chicken eating fried chicken. Nice. And they have uh, they have um, Melbourne Bitter on tap and that goes great for fried chicken. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Although they've got Pirate Life, some Pirate Life thing now. Yeah, see, well, that's that's one I would have. Like, that, that's not a cheap shit beer. Like if I go to the footy and drink like that South Coast Pirate Life because that CUB have the rights to the stadium, I'm down with that. Yeah. I'll drink that all day. Sure. But mm. I've, I've never, never, or Pacquiao, I'm happy to drink that, but I, I don't, 150 lashes is probably, I don't like it. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, there you go. All right. Adam Shell, I don't know which one, because we know there's like about 50 of them. There's, there are a lot of them. I know this two of them. Question number two. What's he what saying? What did you vote for in Gab's top five? And was it Pegasus from Helios? Mm. I haven't voted yet. Okay. Well, you can't answer. So I can't really. When you do vote. I, what are you, what are you gonna... Well, I, I well, I can honestly say it was, uh, you know, why was it Pegasus from Helios? Well, I think they're a great bunch of people. They said, was it Pegasus from Helios? No, he said, why was it Pegasus? And I'm telling you why. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. I, I gave you these show notes, didn't I? I thought I was reading. No, no, I've got down. them on the other screen here. And and so, um, you know, um, it's it's not because of Adzi. No. It's because of Charlie. That's fair. Charlie. Like Charlie. Cool. Yeah. It's absolute traditionalist when it comes yes. to brewing, and I like yeah. it. Yeah, that's a good answer. Uh, I've still got one of their beers in my fridge, actually. The Kronos. Oh, you drink it. 
Drink it. Fucking ten percent. I'm not a savage. I drank one on. I drank a Kratos on the show the other week. That's great. I could probably go get it after this, to be honest. Oh, see how we go. Right, I voted for all the Black Ops beers. I'll be honest. I voted today. Just a test. You didn't vote to make sure it was working. You didn't vote for someone else's beer. Not just even one. Oh fuck no. Yeah right. Why would I do that? Because you're a nice guy. No, I'm not. <laughs> I voted for Goat, East Coast Haze, AWOL Pink Mist, because I want to make it with a barrel aged beer, because that hasn't been done for Fair a while. Fair enough. And Pale Ale and Hornet. And no, I'm not nice. So that's my yeah, answer. Okay. Yeah, All right. Uh, oh, this is a great question. Well, I feel like we need a, a list of the listeners. Actually, mm-hmm. I wonder if I can if we can go. I know who I know the answer. Oh, do you know have you, you've done some research, haven't you? Yeah. Okay, wait a second. So I'm ask the question. members, and then so I can just skim this real quick because I'm not prepared for this question. The question is from Murray Hughes. Uh, question number three: Who from your twelve listeners is your favourite? Dave Lavin. Oh, okay. I don't think I know him. Do I know him? No, you wouldn't know him. Is he in the Facebook um, group? He is in the Facebook group, yes. Okay. Yes. So I've known Dave Lavin for, oh, it's early 2000s when I was still working in IT and we worked for a company called L7 Solutions, so IT integrator company. And um, um, he and his and his brother worked with his brother as well. And um, uh, Lavs is a bit of a legend and we actually caught up a few weeks ago on Zoom because I sort of left IT after I left that particular company, more or less, um, and got into beer. And I, I'm still Facebook friends with a lot of the people from L7. And then all of a sudden he reaches out and goes, I want to start a brewery. <laughs> like, you what? So we had a bit of a catch up. It was good to catch up with him. And I really hope he starts his brewery. So, yeah, labs. He's the person in the group who's... Uh, probably, from my perspective, at least anyway, least he's sort of the most sort of detached from the beer scene. I know he's a beer right. fan and all sort of stuff, but 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 he, I, I know him uh, not as Hendo the brewer. It's Hendo the IT guy, which oh, wow. no, no no one else really knows me like that. So I like that. So it's Dave Levin. Very good. One. I'm looking. We got some good people in here. It's really hard. Like it's some really great harsh people that we have to choose a winner, but I will. Oh, um, it was easy for me. Who's yours? It was easy for you. Uh, well, I'm biased. Well, fuck, who am I going to choose? The, the, Facebook actually, it seems like it only shows you the most recent members. It's not showing me all members. Or well, mostly recently active or so. Maybe. It's not showing me all of them, but I'm going to choose. Oh, this is tough. So we've got, we've got, <laughs> we've got two, and I'm obviously extremely biased, but we've got two investors who um, have both had more than 200 unique Black Ops beers, which is more than, than I have. Pro- well, is it more than I like have? Like on Untapped or something? Yeah. Yeah, right. More than have you done 200 beers? We've done Black 250. Ops. And these guys have... What? Yeah. These guys have... And that's unique beers. These guys have had um, basically almost every single one. Um, do I have that. to choose one, though. Jesus. Okay, I'm going to choose... I'm going to choose Paul Simpson. Yeah. Because he's as our first investor. He's over 200. 
He's got Fiends number plates. We did a, a beer, French Imperial. Egg Get out. Stuff. Yeah, I know. I know. I love, I love Fiends. Yeah, right, we, did, got, we did it like So once. he's got the Fiends number plates. Yeah. What a fucking weapon. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's like that beer is a weapon. Those number plates, it's like weaponry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's And he's, he, he asked a question today. He's a super fan, super supporter, super investor. Um, so, yeah. I'll, I'll give it to Simpo. Right. Now, this next question uh, is even better, and I'm not prepared for this one either, but it's also from Murray. Who is your least favourite? <laughs> okay. On the count of three, let's do it. I One, two, three. Lee McAllister. Lee McAllister. <laughs> oh, wow. Well. Thanks for the layup on that one, Hendo. <laughs> oh, do you remember when right. Microsoft Word was like you're in your own little fucking yeah. space, but now you've got Google Docs and you can see what other people so are fucking typing in. Uh, all right. Question number five, Luke Miller. <laughs> Two-part question. How has beer brewing technology changed the brewing canning process in the last 10 years? What advancements do you predict could happen in the next 10 years? I've seen in-tank hydrometers that wirelessly track gravity, temp, etc. That's a great question. Over to you, Dan. Well, <laughs> <laughs> in, in-tank hydrometers that wirelessly track gravity, temp. Yeah, yeah that's a thing. Yeah, it's yeah, a thing. That's pretty cool. Uh, you want me to answer this question and leave the book, mate? <laughs> okay, so how's brewing technology changed in the brewing canning process of the last 10 years? So firstly, with canning, didn't exist 10 years ago for craft brewers. Uh, it was only around 2016, 2017 when cans start to become a thing. It was very difficult to do. Um, the the in-tank hydrometers... Uh, that's actually a thing. There's a couple of companies out there that do uh, remote real-time real-time measurement of gravity, temperature, pH, and dissolved oxygen in real time. Feed into things like beer thirty and that sort of thing. Um, so you, you so your crew don't have to go around twice a day and check grabs on beers. Mm. It's just it's just done. Um, pretty reasonably priced too. That technology is getting cheaper and cheaper all the time. Um, which I think is uh, amazing. Um, I think canning itself would be the biggest uh, the biggest change in craft beer, craft brewing technology in the last 10 years. Um, the, 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 the fact that we no longer really see beer in a bottle anymore is, for me, is astounding. Mm. Right? In 2022, we just don't see, don't see much craft beer in bottles save for things like Pacific Ale and stuff like that, uh, sours, barrel-aged beers, all that sort yeah. of thing. It's still in bottles and still have bottles still have a place and that sort of thing. But as far as like daily drinking beers go and stuff like that, we just don't see bottles anymore really. How quickly the consumer has taken on cans. I remember when first cans first came out and I was going to put a, a the Reset Rover mid-strength beer in a can. Um, and People were saying to me, if you put that beer in a can, restaurants won't buy it mm. because restaurants want beer in a bottle. That was people the conversation. Still, people still say that. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, is that every fucking craft beer comes in a can now. And yeah. what are restaurants doing? Serving beer in cans. They pour it in a glass, they bring mm. it out to you, whatever, exactly. stick the can on the whole thing. It's not, it's not as yeah. 
lowbrow as, as, as it was when it sort of first happened. It's become mainstream. That's the biggest change in brewing technology in the last te- 10 years, in my opinion, is the shift yeah. to cans. Um, what do I think is going to happen in the next 10 years? I think... I think what's going to happen in the next 10 years, I don't think consumers are going to see. I think it's going to be automation. Mm. Um, I think it's going to be automation um, and that's going to lead to more consistent beer outcomes um, and uh, and that's going to make it more, uh, you know, it's going to, those, those breweries that invest in automation are going to do it for consistent beer outcomes and they're going to be the ones that grow. Uh, unless you're a brew pub or something like that where you, you know, you might market your beer on the basis that it's handmade or something like that, that's fine. Uh, but I think I think for the larger growth breweries like your own even, I think automation is the thing that's going to happen uh, next. And I also think that the second thing that's going to happen in the next 10 years uh, is... is, um, uh, is uh, the growth of breweries having a uh, laboratory, right? It's not just doing micro and all sorts of stuff, right? Every brewery has should have four laboratories. Uh, you have a raw materials and packaging laboratory, so testing your raw materials, can seams, all sorts of stuff. You have your chemistry lab where you test things like pH, bitterness, alcohol, all things that can be measured with a machine. You've got your microbiology lab where you look for spoilage microorganisms or not and then you have your sensory lab and not many breweries actually have all four of those um and i think that what we'll see over the next 10 years is because the competition for quality will sort of start to really happen um that breweries will have to invest in those things uh, in order to remain competitive yeah so measuring your your gravity in the tank, automated and all that sort of stuff. That's part of that, is what I'm yeah. basically saying. You know, where's that, the romance sort of... in that, though? It's a good question. I think um, I don't know where do you balance. Where do you balance out the consumer's desire for a consistent product uh, versus them wanting something that's quote handmade? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, um, when when I was working at Stone and Wood, we, we tried to make sure that everything was as manual as possible in a really, really big brewery and there was very little automation. Yeah. You know, temperature adjustments for strike liquor and stuff, they were all done by hand, you know. Um, starting and stopping things was done by hand. You operate a centrifuge by hand. So um, how that's going to pan out in the future, who knows? Mm, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's sort of been the thing for quite a while that it's, you know, I think Mazen mentioned that, or it might have been one of the phone calls we had, he mentioned, you know, it's all just going towards automation, but there's still, there's no brewery I know where brewers aren't brewing beer. I mean, there probably is some, but not, we're not. Stone and Wood are still have brewers there brewing beer yeah. and making decisions. Rick Lane is, is very highly automated, but mm. they choose not to. They can, it can be very highly automated. You know, Brick Lane in Melbourne, they can, you know, they can be sitting in bed with their phone and and milling and mashing. Lauter, the first brew, dig yeah. out the, the Lauter ton and mash in the second before wow. someone needs to intervene. That's crazy. They can even boil 
and add hop additions without a person being present. Mm. So they can dry Amazing. hop. In other words. Uh, not the way you dry hop, mate. Okay. Not the salt bay technique? No. Okay. That's different. It's, okay, there's that's... no robot that could no. do that shit, mate. I don't have the dexterity. Robots right. could go on strike. They uh, probably would have had to do that, I think. Right. Uh, Luke Cooper, question number six. Why did you allow photographic evidence to be obtained at the Christmas party? I think that's... Is that your Christmas party? Sorry. What photographic evidence? I saw, like, you pointing at the camera, standing on a table. Yeah, I didn't put too many photos up. I had... um, I did dress as Tiger King for the speeches and the staff awards, and maybe Mm. he's referring to that. So I had a wig. Um, I had the Tiger King shirt. I've got, obviously, the handlebars. Yeah. Um, I had a cap and the sunnies and all of that boots, which is fine. Um, what else would what else bad happened at the cruise? It was pretty tame, I think. I feel like we, we dodged a bullet this year. It was it was everything was reasonably under control, so there was no need Good. to keep cameras out of it. Good. Good. Um, yeah, it's getting harder though. I it's like your of, Christmas parties. Evening. I came to your the Christmas party that was at your house a few years ago. Oh wow! That at, was at the unit messy. or the one with the with the no, um, when I built the, the tank house. in the backyard. Yeah, with the Nerf gun. When you had, it? hey, which 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 house is this? Your house you just knocked down. Yeah, and I had to, like built the tank in the backyard, and everyone was shooting each other with Nerf guns with the super hunter yeah. slushies and that kind of thing. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Holy shit, that was loose. Yeah, well, that was early days. It's different now. I don't. I don't remember getting home from that. Yeah, unfortunately, when, when the company gets to a certain size, you kind of can't keep doing that stuff anymore. So yeah, it's not oh, it's not man. it's not as fun as it once was. But that, yeah, that was a good one. I like that one. All right, Luke Cooper, number seven. Question number seven: uh, How shit can a shit post be? Pretty shit. <laughs> okay, I still don't know what a shit post is, so I'm not qualified to answer this question. Dude, you shit say, post all the time. Other than Murray's post, which I don't know if you saw that, but that was pretty awful your, your shit posting skills are pretty good i think you need to give yourself some credit eh? all right well if it, if he oversteps the mark we'll what will we do we'll we'll ban it oh we'll he's not asking that he's not asking i don't think he's asked that question he's not asking oh. permission oh i think he's just saying eh, how shit can a shit post be okay pretty shit pretty shit there's your answer all right paul simpson brewing equipment wait I want to get a beer. You can you can ask this and answer it yourself. I'm going to drink my Hollandia. I'm going to. I'm actually going to. For those of you watching on YouTube, I'm going to finish this um, uh, NZ Pilsner from Black Ops. That was lovely. And then I've got this can of Hollandia, which I'm now going to open and drink from the can because I know how much Dan hates drinking from the can. 500 mils of deliciousness. Cheers, everybody. If you're um, listening to this, you should actually go and buy, just buy one can of Hollandia and try it with an open mind. And if you still think that it's shit, uh, post it in the Facebook group uh, because um, um, I'd love to hear your opinion about what you think about Hollandia and whether it is indeed a shit beer or not, because I might be wrong. I think it's good. 
I've got some good memories attached to it or lack thereof. Yeah. What? Oh, who's that? Okay, just next oh, it's his children spewing again. Did one of your children throw up again? Did one of your children throw up again? No, they're in there getting shredded in the home gym. Oh, good on them. Jordy's in there fucking good dead, deadlifting bloody 40 kilos. And he's Make like sure they're 12 years safe old. with their back and that sort of they thing. They don't know right? how to use it. They've never used a gym before. And they're in there doing no. deadlifts and shit. And I was like, just wait. Wait for my supervision. Jesus Bend the Christ. knees. All right. Now, so, did you answer the question? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about how Andy the whole time? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the whole point is you can see the question as well, so you can ask it, but I'll ask it if you want. Mm. Uh, Paul Simpson, the number one favourite of mine in the group, and I feel bad because Conor McCormack's in the group. I fucking love that guy as well. I feel we've got mm. some good people in there. And I'd love to meet these people. You never met Simbo? You guys have the same haircut. That sounds like a nice guy. You also have the same haircut as Connor. Is that right? If you ever go to Black Ops HQ, um, you'll probably see Simpo's Fiends Mercedes in the car park, old old Mercedes. I have seen the Fiends car before. Okay. Which I think is amazing. And if you look on the wall, there's a skateboard there because we did a giveaway one time for to win an East Coast Hay skateboard. It was a bar down the street and I had to read out the winner of it. And there was like 100 people there and I read out Connor McCormack, like our, our, our like one of our, our biggest sort of investors who's always there and everyone's like, it's rigged, it's rigged. So we've got it stuck on the wall at HQ and it just says rigged Connor McCormack underneath it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's a legend. Right, Simpo, brewing equipment. What's the options available for breweries starting out these days versus when BH first started? Has the industry seen a huge increase in new competitors targeting brews over the last five years? How does it look? Were there three or four main suppliers? Yeah, this is interesting because I think... Yeah, um, when we talk about brewing equipment, yeah? Yeah, yeah. When we started, we we didn't... Um, I felt like there was no almost precedent for buying like cheap Chinese brewing equipment. At least no, we didn't yeah. know anyone who could kind of tell well, us you where guys, to go. You wrote, you wrote the book on it. Yeah. So at that time, it was like, fuck, we'll just pick one. And we, mm. we picked Tiantai and we had, we went over there and everything and, um, you know, wrote the book and a lot of people mm. read it and a lot of people did the same thing. So that they've gotten, for kind of entry-level breweries, they seem to still be, they've, they've done a lot of breweries. They're massive here in Australia because of because of you guys, you know? Yeah. Um, they're trusted because, you know, you, you took a punt on them and they delivered a, a good product and people just go, if you're buying Chinese kit, go straight to Tiantai. Yeah. Yeah, but there are. Whereas there are if you went to others. the UK or the US, Tiantai wouldn't be as popular. No, but it, yeah, it's a, it's sort of different getting it there as well, isn't it? But, mm. but it's also like I, I know when we started, everyone we spoke to, it was either fuck, you'll probably remember the, the companies, the two main brew houses that were before us. They were very expensive. You'll probably know yes. them. Uh, I should remember well, them. I'm out of business, I think. It was DME. DME. Yeah, DME and um, were they the one that went, went out of business and they might have got they bought did, out? They did. They got bought else? out by, I think it's a German, or Chinese slash German company or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So um, and there was... Um, what was the other one? Oh, there was old mate Wes Smith who had the Brewmaster stuff that I brewed on at Prickly Moses and Brownstone's got it. Mornington Brew Pub's got it. Got one of those systems still, about 10 years yeah. old now. 
Uh, I'll answer that question from Paul, actually, from regarding brewing equipment, right? Here's the thing that's going to happen now is that in the last few years, I'd say the last decade, right, we've seen a rise of um, a prolific rise in the number of companies offering stainless steel brewing equipment. Some of them have uh, Australian representatives, so you get local support. And if you are thinking of buying a Chinese brewery, I would strongly suggest buying one with local support. Or if they are Chinese, like Tiantai, they actually do have pretty good support uh, from, 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 the, from the brewers that I speak to. Um, there are some really expensive and overpriced uh, uh, Australian suppliers. Um, they differentiate their service, um, you know, in a certain way. They might get the equipment quicker or something like that. Um, you've just got to play that game very carefully. The you just cut out. However, Zoom has not crashed. So I don't know if you can hear me or I'm going to do a little speed test here and see if it's my internet. It's probably not. Um, well, maybe it is my internet. What's happening right now? Oh, no, no, my internet's flying. Okay, so fingers crossed Hendo's lost his internet and you guys can still hear me. Um, I might just... I wonder if you can hear me. I might just add to what you're saying, Hendo. Um, oh, he's disappeared. Whoa. Oh, wow. Hendo's video is back, but Hendo is not there. It's just a blank chair. There he is. Wait, now I can't hear. Oh, no, you're muted, I think. I was checking my... <laughs> oh, wow. I dropped out, and then I came back, and then I thought, oh, my router. I'll check my router, and that's why I ran out of the room. Oh, anyway. what happened? Just dropped out. I don't know. Where was I at? Uh, well, uh, you were saying... This episode's going to be shit to edit, over, I'm just nah, saying. I'm not editing it. It's fine. We've got patient listeners. we all 12 of them. You're saying yeah. there's some overpriced Aussie suppliers. Um, yeah, some overpriced Aussie suppliers. The number, of, the number of stainless steel equipment providers has gone up over the years and the prices have come down significantly. Uh, I saw an ad on Facebook for a 500-litre brew house with 10 500-litre tanks for 67,000 US ex, ex, uh, export FOB, right? That's so cheap, you know. Um, however, the issue I think for 2022 and beyond is the supply chain crisis we've currently got globally. Yeah. Uh, the price of a 40-foot container has gone from $4,000 to $6,000. They've been pr pretty much over the last 10 years. Um, and the last I heard, you know, someone was trying to get some kit out of China, it was $33,000 for a one foot container out of China. Wow. It's pretty bad out there. And so and I actually firmly believe that this is going to curtail the number of new breweries opening up in Australia for the next couple of years at least. Mm, interesting. Yeah. We are not going to see because of that. Um, you know, when when a when you've got a tank that costs ten thousand dollars to to buy, ten thousand dollars US. Um, and then it costs another, you know, you fit four into a container and it costs $33,000 to ship that container to Australia. That makes those tanks really expensive to the mm. point where an Australian fabricator starts to look 
attractive. Yes. But they're all maxed out themselves. Mm. So no one can get kit or no one can get kit at decent price. And I think part of the reason why we've had a massive explosion in the number of breweries in Australia and indeed globally over the last 10 years is cheap Chinese equipment. Yeah, 100%. But those days days are gone. To build a brewery and we found one for 150 grand and sent it. If if, if it was going to be a million, we never would exist. Yeah. And I think those days are gone, at least for the next couple of years. So I think we're going to see the number of new breweries opening flatten out, you know, or the number of breweries in Australia is going to flatten out for a while because the freight's just too expensive until, until we sort of get on on top of this global supply chain crisis, whatever we want to call it. um, Yeah. It's, it's going to be pretty tough out there. So well, there's a prediction uh, from Hendo, not a particularly optimistic one, but it's not optimistic. But I think I think it's going to take at least twelve to twenty four months for this to this backlog to clear. But then mm. you've got to ask yourself, what's it going to look like after that? Yeah, you know, all those people out there, all those hobbyists, all those home brewers who uh, are sitting there having beers on a Friday or Saturday night with their mates that they're going to open the brewery, just the same as you did, mm. right? And they're looking at the numbers and they're going, "That's just really expensive. I don't think we'll do it this year." Yeah. It's going to be really interesting. Um, good if you're already operating. Not so good if you bought a brewery and it's sitting in a port waiting to get shipped because what the fuck are you going to do? You've got to pay it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, we've got 11. Uh, I think we've got 11 containers on the way at the moment. So You do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Oh, so not super that. easy even if you are operating a brewery because they're... they're I've, I've, I've spoken to a to a colleague, yeah. you know, who 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 had who had a, a brewery upgrade, you know, plan that had that had like uh, sixty seventy five thousand dollars or something like that, you know, budgeted, and it's now a quarter of a million dollars. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's fucking phenomenal, you know, and they and they have yeah. to pay it. So yeah, and you don't well, get that money back. It's like it's just like you don't get it back. It's shipping. It's they move the thing from one place to the other, and then that's it. It's gone. Well, you don't buy yeah, it. but I wonder if I mean if, if it legitimately long term increases the cost of that asset, then the value of the asset, I suppose, would be also higher. In which case, it kind of just sits there on your balance sheet as something that's valuable. Sure. And, and for yeah. those, I guess, that already have brewing equipment here, the value of that equipment has now gone up rather yeah. than gone down. Yeah. Which I think is a good, yeah. I guess that's a good thing, I suppose. Um, are your 11 containers that related to your canning, your canning line? Well, or? we've got, yeah, we've got some coming this week or possibly Monday, but either late this week or Monday, which is the new canning line, the first shipment for the new canning line. Um, and then we've got the second shipment coming in January, and we've got six new tanks, which are like our tanks are just one tank per container, or I think yeah. so. It's a, yeah. yeah, that'd be one. 50s, 160 issues to fit in a 40 foot container. Yeah. I think they're 180s, but yeah. Something, yeah. 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 Like that. Just the yeah. ones that it's just like one tank into a 40 foot container. Yeah. You know, you can get 57 foot containers. Oh, can you? Not, yeah. op- not open ones. No, no. There's, there's actually, they, there's 57 foot containers. Well, we're a little bit lucky in the building we've got that our, those tanks that fit perfectly into a container also fit perfectly under our roof pitch. So they just kind of slot in. Just, yeah. just by luck, they just happen to be the perfect size. Yeah. Mm. Not not pure luck, like we, you know, we obviously you get them custom made, so you get them made to size, but it's it's they fit nicely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Connor McCormack. Speaking of the 
person who isn't my favorite member, which I feel guilty about. Question number nine. Oh, the other thing I'll add to that conversation. Like less, 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 like isn't your favorite as in least favorite, like Lee? Oh, no, no, no. Lee is family the least favorite. Yeah. Oh, so he's like the second top from yes. the top, you're saying? Yeah. Connor's, yeah. yeah. Connor's the one with the second Black Ops investor with the skateboard and that. I was just going to oh. say, um, adding to that other conversation is the tanks we've bought for the current upgrade, we've actually bought from India, which... Um, India? Yeah. Huh. Um, so that could be different. That, that hasn't been a place we've considered before, but we found a supplier that was doing a lot of stuff for big distilleries and whatnot. I've heard of some stuff coming out of India, but I've never really, uh, you know, I've been uh, I've been sort of approached to sort of help commission some brew pubs over in India and that sort of thing and yeah. uh, Indian equipment. I'm like, eh, why not? Yeah. Seems interesting. Well, you'll see. If you want to see some tanks from India, yeah, we'll interesting. Get them within a couple of months. Um, Conor McCormack, where did you get your Tiger King shirt that you wore to the Black Ops Christmas party? I want to make sure I never shop there. Mm. Mm. Where was that? Uh, geez, that, I feel I'm, I'm, I'm a bit hurt. Where did you get your Tiger comment. King shirt? Well, Have you got a Tiger I'm, King shirt? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I went as full Tiger King to the party. Let me, I'm going to find the exact URL. Blossom Costumes, this is the name of the place. It was actually pretty lucky because I bought the whole Tiger King outfit and I've been growing the moustache the whole time for it mm. and it didn't get delivered and the party was on Monday and I was pretty devastated because I had it all ready to go and then we did our like adventure hunt thing during the day and then as we went back to HQ to get the bus to the party venue, it just got delivered just then and it was sitting there mm. behind the bar. And you just like whipped it straight on and... Well, no, I, I kept it a secret and I bought my boots and my jeans and everything just in case. And then just before we did the speeches, I just said, just give me five minutes, I'll be back. Went to the toilet, came out as Tiger King. It worked perfectly. Hmm. Um, now, sorry to answer the question, Blossom Costumes. So, Connor, don't, don't shop, shop there. Blossom Costumes if you don't want. It's a don't shop cool there, shirt. Connor. I, sh- I should wear I should wear I'm going to wear it next episode. Why not? Who's going to complain? No one watches this on YouTube. Yeah. Fuck them. Sure, watch on the YouTube. I'm going to wear it next episode. All right. Number 10, Jason Adlington. What is the biggest hurdle in taking the step from home brewer to brewer or brew pub owner? And what timeline would be realistic from the point of having a venue you have your eye on to a point of actually opening a brew pub? Oh. <laughs> you know, so we both went. You know, so we both went. It's a timeline <laughs> because I bet you we were thinking at the same time the same thing and yeah. different things. Yeah, There's so many things that went through my head right in that moment. Ah, wow. Um, I would like to talk to it from a skills perspective. I suppose yeah. you know, you being the brewer, you can talk to it from a, a business perspective. Um, I think um, skills. When you start, when you're a home brewer and you make your beer and you give it away for free to your mates and they go, oh, my God, this beer is fucking amazing. You should open a brewery. Um, they're getting that beer for free. And uh, when you get beer for free, it always tastes good. All right. The moment, and it's also your friends as well. Um yeah. 
The moment you start selling beer to strangers and you're charging money for it, the game changes and your brewing has to change. Um, there is no way around it. You have to make good beer. And you have to reasonably ask yourself, right, um, if you're a home brewer who's thinking about going pro now, and going pro doesn't mean opening your own brewery. Going pro means also means getting a job at a brewery, 100%. you know, making a career of it. You don't have to, just because you want to go pro doesn't mean you have to go and spend a million dollars and fucking build a brewery. You don't have to do that. You can make a decent career working for somebody else um, in a brewery and have a great time doing it and well, sleep the, very well at night. Point, you can probably learn a lot more than you could. Than Absolutely. And sleep very, very well. Um, yeah. Knowing that you can go work on shift and finish your shift and go home and go, hmm, all right, I'll get up the next day and do whatever. And same thing again. Uh, so you got to, you have, your quality has to be amazing. Um, there is just no way of getting around it. Those home brewers who are listening to this now, I want you to think about the breweries that you love drinking their beer, right? Or that you constantly, that you reach for. When you see it in the fridge at the bottle shop, you just reach for it without even thinking about it. Why is it you're reaching for that beer without thinking about it? And the answer is, is because the beer is good. You need to be that good, right? You can't experiment on your consumers. You can't experiment on people that are paying for the beer. It just can't be done, especially not in 2022. Um, and it's freaking me the fuck out, Hamburg. Sorry, in 2021. Thank you. And um, uh, and so um, so the so the biggest hurdle is making sure that your brewing skills are up to sc- up to scratch as good as the beer that you like buying from the bottle shop. That's it. That's your biggest hurdle. What do you think? Yeah. The, what do you think? Well, what were you I, thinking in that moment? I think that's a great answer. I, I, I actually, as I was reading that question, like you, I was, I was, um, I saw the word home brewer and I was sort of reflecting on um, how many, like how many, I've seen people make the journey from home brewer to brewery owner. And the people that I think of is Crumber Valley, mm. who've done to me amazingly well. Like we, we, we were yeah. all hanging out back in the day drinking their home brew. Like Lukey was a great mate of mine. Smokey's, you know, mate of fucking everybody's. They were, mm. they, they, they're making that journey right now. Um, but to me, it's a, it's a really difficult, like you said this to me when we started Black Ops and in the book, the, in the foreword, you, you know, you mm. said, make beer well. Mm. And um, it's a difficult journey to go from home brewer to brewery owner. And I think that that's kind of the dream, but that's like, that's, that's not what we did. Like Govs wasn't a home brewer. He was a professional brewer. Of course. Um, and most of the breweries I think of that have done quite well have not gone from home brewer to brewery owner. Um, and I think so, someone like Crumb and, uh, and I mean, they had work in other breweries. I know Smokey was kind of working up at Ballistic and, and whatnot. Um, but that to me, that's a that's a fucking great thing to achieve. But it's, well, it's it's probably not the best way to do it. Well, well, the thing is as well is that you know, smoking Luke, you've been clients of mine for since they pretty well started as well. And I'm not not sort of taking you know not not sort of um, uh, you know trying to steal their thunder and that sort of thing. But what what I will say about smoking Lukey is they both aspire to learn and continue to do so. Yeah. And that's what I that's I think is the key thing. If you're thinking of being a home brewer who wants to go pro, 
is just because you go pro doesn't mean your learning journey ends. It just begins. Yeah. You know, um, it's, they're, it's, they're, they're pretty unique. Even Gubsy, I, I would, I'd even say even Gubsy, you know, I, I'd be, I really admire Gubsy's journey, um, you know, over the last few years. He's, he has, uh, he's done some amazing stuff. He was already a professional brewer when, when, when he started Black Ops with yourself and Eddie and that sort of thing. Um, he has, scaled the brewery he's felt the growing pains of oh, yeah. uh constrained constrict uh, production capacity the quality issues then building a new brewery then buying a brewery fuck just so many things that he's had to absorb over the years now he's got that big project of putting in this new canning line um you know fuck man just just to, and 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 you know govzy was a professional brewer in the sense that he was a shift brewer, you know, not, not, I didn't say shit brewer, shift, shift brewer. <laughs> Sorry, Govzy. <laughs> like he was a shift brewer and when he, when he started. And so he's had to learn and grow and evolve from being a shift brewer uh, into a, uh, a, a head brewer into running several breweries and having head brewers under him. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And kind of take and 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 but, but he also he also did work for a lot of breweries. And that's I think of I course think that's that I think I feel like that's important. I just I can't imagine it, it would be hard to go from homebrew to not working underneath someone. Mm. You know, like he he worked under mm. Brandon Fielding and Ian Watson and I mean it, it, I, I don't think you don't get govs without the Ians and the Brennans and um, I think going from homebrew to brewery owner is you're going to miss all of that. So that's going to be yes. that's going to be super tough. Yeah, I, I see it a lot where 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 homebrewers go pro, become their own head brewer, and that sort of thing. The ones that spend the time enhancing their skills uh, before they actually go commission their equipment and don't experiment on their um, their paying consumers, but rather experiment with their friends. Yeah. Uh, are the ones that do well, and I've got I've got a few clients who've done that extremely well and have gone on to do really really well. Um, yeah, and well, um, Corumbin's as good an example as you're ever going to get. Like I was drinking Lukey's Homebrew way before Black Ops existed, way before Corumbin uh, yeah. existed. He used to call it Punk Piss Beer. We had it, we shared an office, yes. and we had it on tap. And the first ones I tried were pretty average, and they just gradually got better and better and better. And yeah. Smokey got involved, and you know, you helped out, and that you know, they did their first um, uh, contract brew at Black Ops when we had the brewery there. Um, and the qualities got better and better and better and better, and the branding yes. got better, and the product got better, and they're at a position where yeah. they can open their own thing. And that's a that's yeah, a- they've got they've got you know, they've got uh, ARBA gold medals, they've got yeah. uh, Royal Queensland trophies under their belt, and all sort of stuff. It's amazing, you know, uh, like um, you know, I, I don't want to you know, blow my own trumpet, there are, there are lots of good brewers who I've worked with uh, behind the scenes who've done the hard work. And if you are going to be a home brewer who's going to go pro, you've got to do the hard work. Yeah, agreed. And from a business point of view, timeline, uh, I just, I just can't, even, can't even fathom to fucking guess that question. It's just, it, there's just so much that can go wrong when you're opening a brew pub. Mm. Like, I just... I don't, yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know. Town planning, I, yeah, town planning, just... council, liquor licensing. Um, I'll give you the general general tip, you know, that I, I tell people, you know, when they when they ring me up and go, oh, I want to open a brewery, can you help me? 
I'm like, um, yeah, cool. I said, do you have premises? And are they suitable for having a brewery? Once you've got premises and you're like looking at a lease and you're seeing if the zoning's right and all that sort of stuff, and then you can start to look at equipment um, and, you know, floor plan and all that sort of stuff. And then you've got to get the town planning right and go through that process. And then, you know, your liquor license. Uh, and then you can think about maybe opening a brewery and that sort of thing. But it all sort of really starts with premises. Yeah. Well, we... I mean, yeah, people have read. Don't start with equipment. If you start with equipment, you're going to try and shoehorn something into a space that might not be appropriate. Yeah. Um, Start with the premises. Find a location first. Make sure that location has the right town planning. Which you probably can't at the moment. Get some rent-free period if you can. Get a really long rent-free period. Which you probably can't at the moment because commercial real estate's impossible. No, that's right. Um, But but if you can, do it. and then use that rent-free period to see to, to, to go through the process of making sure that um, uh, you can you can open a brewery in that space. Go check it, get a town planner, check the zoning, all that sort of stuff. You know. Yeah, and and uh, I mean ours. It, I guess it depends how far you're going to go. But I know, like for us, uh, the original Black Ops took us about a year. We didn't think it would take anywhere near that long. That was from actually purchasing equipment and having and having the location. Um, AWOL took us about a year from having the location. Yeah. I mean, the the Revel, you know, that Revel one that they booked, that, how long that, that, that had all, all kinds of stuff. That was 18 months, two, yeah. two years nearly. Two years almost. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Ops Brisbane. It's going to be stressful. Black Ops Brisbane, 10 days. <laughs> Already established, so, though. Well, that's the thing. I mm. mean, the, that's the All that's the hard the thing. work was done. Yeah. That's Are you going to buy more breweries, Dan? Well, I, I actually I, I get asked this quite a bit actually because that's really that's, yeah I got this I got asked that actually just today, um, but I think that was just a nice fit. It was just a you know we had shared the same investor. Yeah, there was, there was, there was it, good it there was good synergy. Really well. there. Yeah, yeah, but um, I don't think yeah if, I guess if the opportunity presents itself, it's something to think about, isn't it? If you can do it in ten days as opposed to a year, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yep, done. What's the next question? Adam Shell. Could be the same one. Which one? Not be. I don't know. Well, this, this is Adam Shell via email, which I appreciate because it's nice mm. when people use the email to respond to our email. Uh, how much more or less do you enjoy beer now that you do it for a living? This is almost a no November question, isn't it? <clears throat> more. More. Way more. Really? Yeah, shit, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I drink beer in a different way now that I'm, uh, you know, a brewer. I, I, I can actually um, segregate in my mind the difference between uh, mindful drinking and mindless drinking. Right. If I'm at the pub with my mates, if you and I at the pub, we're just smashing pints, that's mindless drinking and I can happily do that, except if the beer is a fucking diacetyl bomb, in which case you can eat a dick and fuck off. Um, oh. then, but then there's mind, mindful drinking. Uh, which is when, say, I'm beer judging or doing sensory at work or something like that. Uh, and I love both. Uh, I love mindful drinking because when I do sensory, I switch my mind off uh, and I just, all the stress and stuff that's going on in the day and that sort of thing, it just vanishes and I can just focus on my 
my my my eyes, my nose, my 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 mouth, my senses, my brain, and a and a beer in front of me, and just appreciate it, you know, and evaluate it. Um, but at the same time, I can go to the pub and just knock back pints with my mates and act like a dickhead as well. And I love both. So, um, so as a professional brewer, my appreciation for beer has gone up because I get to enjoy beer in two different ways now, not just one. Wow. You, you, that was pretty like deep. The, that was, you're, you're like the beer Buddha. Yeah. <laughs> we've, come up, we've come up with a new nickname for you. You're the beer Buddha. Fucking, <laughs> oh, shit. I like that mindful drink. Is that a thing? Mindful drink. Mindful a- versus mindless. Yeah. Mindful drinking versus mindless drinking. Yeah. I love them yeah. both. Well, like I said before, with the no hop member, I feel like I, I, I don't appreciate it. I'm too spoiled and I, I'm a spoiled little fucking brat that gets free beer that's fresh and fucking amazing. And, and have I got the beer for you? What do you got? Krasinski. Oh, man. I... I, I made a New Zealand Pilsner with the uh, with the Froth Rockies, and you got to oh, yeah. try that one. You were telling me about that, yeah. Oh my god! Tank, I think yes. Did I it packed, yet? packed it. I kegged it today myself personally. Oh, okay. Um, this beer is phenomenal. Okay. I've not made. I I can honestly, hand on heart, say that that I've not made a beer that that good. And, and this, when I say I made the beer, it's like myself and the, and the Froth Rockies and that sort of thing with that the, the, the brewed that beer. Uh, this beer, I could tell right at the start, it was going to be good. And holy shit balls, it's just come out amazing. Can we, we should do a, a 12 listener live um, tasting event or something. Well, I need to buy a keg, I suppose. I can buy a keg. Well, who's going to tap it? You got a fucking pub in Brisbane, at East Brisbane. <laughs> we yeah. can tap it there. All right, easy. It's like it's, it's TAFE prices, mate. It's like That's it's going to be like a hundred and twenty dollars for a keg or something, like a thirty liter keg. So. Yeah. Do you want to do it first? First, boss and the brewer meet up. NZ Pilsner. Yeah. When do you want to do that? Oh, whenever. When's it ready? What's well, in it? It's there. It's there. Ready to go. It's ready. It's kegged. All right. Sooner the better. It's got to drink. You got to drink it while it's fresh. Okay. Let's do that. All right, let me think about that. Should we should we do it? We don't, we don't have to do a podcast, do we? We'll just, do it. We'll just catch up and have a beer. Yeah, yeah. End of year. So, we are, so basically we are we are having the, the Froth Rookies Christmas party uh, at the Cannon Hill Tap Room uh, next Friday. Um, and we're going to have a keg of that there. We're actually going to have like uh, five of the Froth Rookies beers on tap, which I don't think has been done. Wait, can can other people come to that, or that's just the? Of course you can. Would you like to come oh, next Friday? That's, to that? Yeah, that makes more sense. Don't make it all yeah. about me. Let's come just go to, to the existing event. When's that, when's that on the seventeenth? Seventeenth, Friday the seventeenth. Cannon Hill Tap Room. That Shout out to Matty Wolf. Um, just come and enjoy, enjoy the beers because I think it's actually really good. If lots of people who aren't related to TAFE come to that, because uh, these students make these beers. And they never get to see the reaction of, the, of consumers drinking their beers. And I think it'd be really good if you come and try the beers um, and um, let them know what you think, good or bad. That's a great Because they knew, they're, they're like brand new professional brewers. They're going to make, I, I'm really hopeful for their, you know, future as pro brewers and that sort of thing. Uh, come and try these beers. The, 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 the NZ Pills in particular, the IPAs, mate, they're all amazing. They're such good beers. They're good brewers. 
Um, yes. And um, I ran yeah, into one of them this afternoon in the staff room. He was like, I'm, I'm on Hendo's work experience course thing. And I'm like, I don't know that guy. Oh, you would have had um, Dwayne. Dwayne, that's the guy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Ran, randomly ran into him in the staff room. He was talking about you and I just pretended I didn't know you. <laughs> so, he's, so he's probably going to be very confused next time he comes in to school. Yeah, he's graduated. He's finished. <laughs> Thanks. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, final question. Chris Wood. Oh, it's two-parter. People love a two-parter question, don't they? But anyway, that that counts right. as two questions. I don't get it. Anyway. Uh, all right. Q1. Are there many local suppliers for grain hops, packaging, etc.? Are these sustainable versus bigger suppliers? Q2, if beer was made illegal tomorrow, what alcoholic beverage manufacturing scene would you move to and why? Move to and why? That's definitely an unrelated question. Jeez, that was uh, very unrelated. Uh, so, okay. So question one. Are there many local suppliers for grain hops packaging? Are these sustainable versus bigger supplies? Okay, so here's the really interesting thing um, with regards to supply of the craft brewing industry. Now we're all, you know we're all big advocates of um, um, you know independent beer and all that sort of stuff, but the companies that supply those craft breweries are generally multinational companies. You know. Um, if you, um, if you buy malt, it's either going to come from, you know, even local malt, it's going to be Joe White or Barrett Burston. Um, Barrett Burston is Cargill, which is the big American conglomerate. Um, I don't know who owns buddy Joe White just escapes me from the top of my head. Um, the same goes for the hop suppliers, you know, they're big multinational companies. Um, you know, Yakima Chief just opened a big, massive refrigerated warehouse in Belgium because they fucking could, you know. Um, so there's that kind of uh, illusion of choice, but then you got some of the smaller suppliers into the into the um, uh, craft brewing industry, like you know Gladfield and Voyager Malt and and stuff like that. I, I think we'll see more of those. So uh, uh, what's the, what's the hop? bloody company hilltop hops here and brizzy mm. and that sort of thing um you know uh so we we have this illusion of choice we have independent beer but the people who supply it generally aren't really independent they're big multinational companies in australia we kind of trend towards duopolies and stuff like that um that's just kind of how it is um uh so but you know that's uh, raw materials that the, the raw materials that go into making beer are commodity raw materials that are traded on stock exchanges around the world, you know, and, and um, uh, that's just, that's just the nature of the beast. You know, it's food and food is a commodity and commodities are traded. Um, so yeah. Um, are they sustainable? I actually have a preference for uh, buying grain, especially is, very bulky and if it needs to go in a container and get shipped halfway around the world that doesn't sit very well with me uh in terms of food miles and stuff like that so i try as much as possible to draw to to, to buy something local even though it might be from a multinational multinational company i'll try and make sure that the food miles are as low as possible um uh hops not so much because they're not so um you know, bulky and that sort of thing. We don't use that much in in per litre of beer. Uh, 
Yeast is an interesting one. We only got one yeast lab in the country right now, which is Bluestone. And, you know, that's, um, uh, and, and, you know, was, otherwise you've got to get yeast freighted from overseas and gets freighted and sits in customs and goes off in a hot warehouse. Um, it's a bit shit. I hope that changes soon. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's really interesting. The supply into the craft brewing industry is very interesting. A lot of consumers wouldn't see that. So the second question, if beer was made illegal tomorrow, what alcoholic beverage manufacturing scene would you move to Before you get on the second question, yes. I might, I'll, I'll answer the first one. Yeah. Because the second one's completely fucking unrelated. And my, my, my answer to the first one might be a bit different to yours. Um, I, I think the, the answer you gave is fair in that, you know, we know the ingredients of beer. And we know the supplies of those beers, but there's there is a hell of a lot that goes into running a brewery. Like you mentioned, packaging in the question, um, and I actually I got asked this very specific question today from our banker, um, mm. and uh, it was, you know, where do you get your packaging from? And packaging is a big part of beer as well, and sure. it's not not mentioned as an ingredient, but. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into beer. There's a lot of stuff that goes into the small batch things, a lot of decisions that go into merchandise, um, you know, local things for the tap room, local suppliers for the tap room, um, packaging, all that kind of stuff that isn't those big core ingredients. Um, well, the big, I guess water, water is local, isn't it? The, I guess, the, yeah, the yeast and the hops and the, and the malt. Um, and you, you are making decisions about whether to, buy locally on those things. So packaging is probably one is worth thinking about because that's something that, you know, we spend a lot of time on is working out. We get all about almost all of our packaging from busy, which includes mm -hmm. the cans and lids. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the lids and all the boxes, boxes. and the, the, the work that goes into the boxes is it's there's huge. a fucking lot of work that goes into this stuff. Oh, yeah. that, you know, people don't think about and um, busy Vizzy are, they're a massive company. I think they're Australia's biggest private company. Mm. Um, so it's not mm. like they're a small business, but they are local. They're kind of 30 minutes up the street. Um, they turn a sheet. We've, I've been out there. It's pretty phenomenal. They have like a, a sheet of raw aluminium that they turn into one of these cans in about an hour and a half and pallet after pallet after pallet all kind of in front of your eyes if you go there and, and watch yeah. the process i want to go see that eh? it's very cool um mm. and that includes you know all the process stretching it out it goes under your feet it goes into the big spinning printing machine you get to see a proof of the can you compare it to the print proof you decide if it's dark enough or light enough and all of that stuff um and then just pallet after pallet just rolls off this thing and just sits there for you until you need it mm. um that's all done locally our packaging all of the boxes and whatnot is done locally because it's actually a lot more efficient for us to get something with a short amount of lead time out of Vizzy. Um, than to get it cheaper it, from China. It's not, it, it's not cheaper, you know, in, in, depending on the, on what you're getting and all the detail that goes into it, all that stuff, it's cheaper and easier and more efficient and faster for us to get it locally. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so that, so there are components, and we and we spent a, a very significant amount of money on packaging. Mm. Um, so mm. there are a, quite a few components that you do get locally, um, as well. So I didn't want to leave that out of the answer, but yeah, let, mm. let's let's get on to number two. 
You can answer that one, Hendo. If beer was if made, beer was made tomorrow, illegal tomorrow, what alcoholic, alcoholic beverage manufacturing scene would you move to and why? Oh, that's a fucking tough question. I think if beer was made illegal tomorrow, I think that I would. I think I'd probably. I think I'd probably like fix motorbikes or something. That wasn't one of the options. Oh. What alcoholic beverage manufacturing scene would you move to and why? Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, it'd be very easy for me to say whiskey or, or distilling, but fuck, man, I don't, I don't want to become a distiller mm. uh, because, um, like, as much as I love whiskey and gin uh, and that sort of thing, um, I wouldn't want to, like, for me, that's a pleasure thing. Um, I'm not an expert in uh, spirits at all. And when I drink spirits, it's like it, it's either I love it or I don't like it. I don't have to analyze it. don't have to think mm. about it. It's a fun thing for me. Like craft beer is a lot of fun for the consumers that we make beer for and that sort of thing. It's just their yeah. fun Friday switch-off thing. That's my fun Friday switch-off thing, that and red wine, you know. Do I want to make those things? Fuck no. No, never. Um so it definitely wouldn't be one of the things that I actually just, I take just pure uh, pleasure out of. Um, probably fucking seltzer. <laughs> I had a seltzer at our Christmas party. I had seltzer. <laughs> I don't do seltzer because the thing is, is I can make seltzer. I, I don't mind it. I don't really think much of it. I, I can make it pretty well. There you go. Just that, right. that's it. but 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 it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the passionate thing that like I have for beer. It would just be me making something really really well. Yeah. Without without the passion. Okay. Yeah. I would say winery because what I just love wineries. I mean, I'm sure it's a fucking terrible idea, but if I'm forced into a situation, wouldn't you just love to own a winery? That'd be yeah, amazing. but there's so many people who start wineries. There's as many people who start wineries oh, yeah. and not You're very awful. good ones. Who, who are the same? They just go, oh, I'm going to start a brewery for the sake of starting a brewery. Oh, yeah. They're not yeah, very good at either. Disaster. But if, yeah. if, the op- if the options are gin distillery, winery, seltzer, brewery, I guess it is. It's not a brewery. What's a, a seltzer manufacturer or whatever? We should make our own line of RTDs. Winery. The Gr- Grudzitsky Boss and no, the Brewer Bots, range? But no, well, beer is illegal. Be- okay. Yeah. Boss and the Brewer. Bourbon and, bourbon and Coke. Okay. Bourbon and Cola, sorry. Bourbon and Cola. All right. I don't we'd really have to like make it really cola, cheap. But we could, like a Woodstock. Yeah, but cheaper. <laughs> cheaper than Woodstock, okay. Yeah. Right, cheaper and shitter. Bigger cans. And stronger. Like the Hollandia version of Woodstock. Yeah. 500 mil cans, 24 pack for Well, it, you know, the, the thing is in Australia, right, you're only allowed to have a maximum of two standard drinks for an RTD in a can or, you know, container and that sort of thing, right? So I'm, I think we start this, right, is that we bring the size of the can down to the smallest possible size okay. that you can get two standard drinks in a can and we, manuf- we reach out to Busy and say, look, fuck Busy, we want to make these really tiny cans that are two standard drinks, but are like 60 mils. Interesting. So that's just a shot of just savageness. Well, it's two shots. Well, yeah, you're right. Just two shots. 
But then that means we're in the fucking whiskey business. <laughs> and if beer's illegal, then whiskey's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. There All right, that, go. That's the 12 questions and it's getting late, but there's just, there's a few more. I just, I want to do justice to the group. There is a few more. In here, so why don't we smash them? All right. Andrew Drayton, who's, who's a, a beer male, a hall of famer. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if Hendo didn't serve a, a, a sever a tendon, he didn't do a good enough job. Too soon. Question mark. It wasn't a tendon. It was a fucking artery or a vein or some shit. That's what he said. If Hendo didn't sever a tendon. Oh, I didn't sever a tendon. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> he it said was he's, a blood vessel of some sorts that made blood good fucking spurt out everywhere. I fucking oath I didn't do a good enough job. Yeah. That, that was <laughs> oh, Damn, Andrew. Right. Ryan Fulton. I haven't read these, by the way. So if these are real savage, well, we're not live, so I can edit, but I'm, it's late and I probably won't. Get savage. I don't care. All right. Ryan Fulton. Has anyone really been far, even has decided to use even go want to do look more like okay well right fuck what Ryan Fullerton. <laughs> i just read that live on air come on dude i think he's just co- copied that and just mold- mixed the words around and i've just read it out huh. ryan do better okay mm, mm. um <laughs> that was pretty good all right when are we brewing the grzitski that was from luke cooper that's a great question. Have we spoken to Govs? No, no, we haven't. Have we spoken to Eddie? No, no, Eddie's in Tasmania. Um, he's in Tasmania. Is he on having a holiday? Yeah. Uh, so Ryan seconded that, and then Luke, on his own comment, said, "Let's get the twelve involved." All right, thirded mm. from Luigi. Yeah, well, it's a lot of mm. love for Good it. Good idea. Yeah, we haven't progressed that. That's that's my bad. We'll get to it when we get to it. Oh, Lee McAllister Smiley VIP. He's online right now. Voted the worst member of the 12. His question mm. is, did Hendo take his own stitches out or was he a pussy? <laughs> so he messaged me last night and I was saying, oh, I've got to get these stitches out and that sort of thing. He says, do it yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, get some of those fucking sharp bloody scissors out of your first aid kit and do it yourself. I went, I can't do it myself. And... Last night after I'd spoken to him, I actually sat down, I took my sock off and I got my sharp first aid kit fucking scissors out and pair of tweezers and I went to give it a go and I couldn't fucking do it. (laughs) Wow. I tried, I tried, I tried, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So to answer Lee's question, you're a pussy. Thank you. Yes. Well, can I add to that question? It wasn't for me, but... Yeah, I went uh, about 18 months ago, I went to the doctor and got a whole bunch of moles cut out, right? Yeah. And then after a few weeks, all the stitches were ready to come out. I went back to that doctor to take the stitches out. And then about three months after that, I kept looking at this fucking spot on my leg and it was still dark. Like I thought it was like dry blood. It wasn't, yeah. it kind of wasn't healing properly. And I was just picking away, picking away, picking away. And then nothing really happened. And then like about a month after that, I'm like, it's still fucking there. What's going on? So I'm picking away at it. And then I'm picking away enough to the point where it's bleeding. And then I'm like, that's, I'm pretty sure that's like black. Like that's not blood. That's like, like I knew that was where the stitch was. Yeah. And so I picked away at it so much to the point where I could get my fingernails in there and I fucking ripped the thing out and he'd left it in there. You just ripped it out? Ripped it out. How? Oh, no, it didn't hurt at all. It's like, it's just in the, it's in the skin. Yeah. Okay. So, 
Do you know what they do now? And that's what they happen with my stitches. They're not black anymore. Oh. They're blue. Oh, so you can see it easier? Yeah, so it? you can actually tell that it's not supposed to be there because okay. there's nothing in your body that's supposed to be blue. Yeah. Okay. Whereas well, if you have, so like, you know, if you have a scab or something like that, it goes black and that sort of thing. But, yeah, they're blue now. Well, since we've been giving blue. out financial advice, we might as well go give help. Give a medical advice. advice. Fucking no. My yeah. advice would be don't go to the doctor to get them taken out because they're fucking useful. Go to, go to Lee McAllister Smiley. Oh, yeah, yeah, go to Lee. Shittest, shittest member of the 12, he'll fucking take them out for you. He'll take them out. He needs a fucking slogan. It's like, come and see, come come to Lee's, get your stitches taken out, you pussy. You pussy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, whoa, here we go. Lou G, last question. Right. I got a, <laughs> I got a last minute request. Can you make it at least last four hours? I have oh, a long no. work trip tomorrow. I've got to take Just a piss. Popped up. <laughs> Thanks, Dan and Hendo. You're the best of the bunch. I mean, I don't know what bunch you're measuring. Well, thank you. Not, I feel bad for you, but it's almost been fucking four hours, hasn't it? Yeah, it feels like it. My bladder feels it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same. Oh, that's it. That was it. Let me know if Thanks, you everybody. the original, original podcast that you destroyed by taking over the technical reins of this podcast earlier tonight. I, I'll send you the fragments that I've got. It's not happening. It's not happening. I Who don't knows? think there was anything good in there. It's okay. Who knows? Yeah. Hey, good to talk to you, mate, as always, on a Wednesday night. You too, mate. Um, you should, hopefully I'll see you next Friday. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm keen. Um, coming up, come and stay the night, have a few beers, go get some dinner, maybe a glass of wine. It's not a date, though. It sounds a lot like a date. Mm. Do you want me to wear my Tiger King shirt? Sure. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. <laughs> Cheers, mate. See you. Oh, see you next week, legend. <laughs> <laughs> see you, mate.